Today on the podcast, I have Amy Herzog joining me from Spark Joy with Amy. Amy is a former classroom teacher who is now a full-time private tutor, and she loves her job because she gets to gamify all of her students' learning. Amy's main message is to bring joy, laughter, and fun into the learning time that we have with our kids, whether that's in the classroom or that's at home. I love Amy's message and her mission because she wants everyone to feel confident and proud of their skills. She wants them to have a growth mindset to see where they've come from and how much they've learned. And she never wants them to have a dull spirit or those frustrations with learning that some kids can feel. She wants them to feel proud and have fun and just always have a smile on their face when they're learning. And that's absolutely what she does in her private tutoring and also the message that she shares online. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Amy and hopefully it inspires you to make sure that you're bringing in learning, laughter, and fun with your own kids at home. Welcome to the Littles Love Learning Podcast. The place to be if you want to teach your child to read and write correctly and effectively based on the science of reading. My name's Erin, and I'm a former classroom teacher with my master's degree in early childhood education and over 15 years experience. And although I'm no longer in the classroom full-time, I spend my days subbing, tutoring, volunteering, and working with students on their literacy skills. I am passionate about helping parents like you understand how kids learn to read and write in the right way. Because yes, there is a right way. Each week we'll tackle the most important topics in early literacy, including the best way to teach letters and sounds, the difference between sight words and high frequency words, and why spelling and handwriting should not be skipped. Are you ready to help your child become a strong reader? Then let's dive into today's episode. All right, Amy, welcome to the Littles Love Learning Podcast. Hi, this is so fun. Thank you. I'm so excited for you to be here. Now, why don't we start with your background so the listeners get to know you a little bit better and you can tell us how you kind of ended up in this reading space. Yeah, real briefly, I was a tutor since, no, not a tutor, I've taught since 1998 and I tutored all along just like as a little side uh, hustle. And then when the pandemic hit, it catapulted me into this full time and I loved it. So that's how I've gotten, you know, that's the short nutshell of how I've gotten to where I'm at today, loving being a private uh, literacy tutor. I love that. And what grades did you teach when you were teaching in the classroom? Full time, I taught kindergarten, first grade, and then I did part time, lots of different things with literacy K through six. I also um, subbed for about seven years. So I've taught all of the ages and it's, yeah. That's fun. incredible. What a wealth of knowledge you are and so much experience. Now, what is your favorite part of being a full-time tutor now that you're out of the classroom? Huh, there, there are so many things that I love. Um, I'd say the, the main thing like is twofold. One is that I get to individualize lessons, um, based on the threshold of what the child knows right now and where they're headed. And then I get to base my lessons with them on their specific interests and, um, and just see such great engagement. And I watch their confidence grow and I think see things that were once a struggle acquired with ease through play. And that is just a joy. I love that. Such a joy. And you and I both know from being classroom teachers that that individualized learning is not always happening, not 
for the fault of the teacher. But when you have 20 plus students and they are all at a different place, it's very hard to get that individual education. So for you to be able to work one-on-one -on -one and make sure they're getting exactly what they need, moving them from where they are to where you want them to go, it's such a blessing. That's awesome. It is such a joy and and at their pace too, so that we just yeah. celebrate who they are and they never have to feel badly for knowing what they know and how how quickly or, or slowly it takes is just their personal journey. And it's such a joy to see them. Um, I love that. Being celebrated for who they are, what they know and, and where they're going. Yes. Yes. And let's talk about how you do that through play. Because that is your main mission is to make learning fun and to bring play into the lessons, which I know classroom teachers absolutely do and strive to do, but it's not always as easy to do when you have a full classroom to plan games for all the kids, or if some kids are playing one game, what are the other kids doing? There's just a little bit more involvement when you're doing that in the classroom, but you as a one-on-one -on -one tutor, you're able to incorporate that play into the learning. So I would love for you to talk to us more about that and why that's so important. Yeah. Every day I get to play and it is so fun. And, and as a um, full-time teacher, I did try to incorporate it, but there would be content that was fantastic. You know, you're looking at this curriculum and you know, these are great things to teach, but the method wasn't there. And so right as an early teacher, I had to find ways, you know, I don't want to look at a at a group of students that are just glossy eyed you know, at me. And so I would try to find like, how can I make this engaging? So sometimes we had to do something a little dry, but then I would engage it, them with the games um, and just incorporate that. So I know teachers are doing that everywhere. Um, but when I get to do it in tutoring, it is at the forefront of every lesson that I, um, that I develop. And the specific type of play that each child enjoys is what I get to base it on. So I get to know this child, what their interests are, what works and doesn't work. Um, I'll give some examples and I'm not gonna mention names. I'll just say their letters for their name, but Kay loves reading through treasure hunts and he is an amazing illustrator. So we write graphic novels. And so he's learning all kinds of things through that. Um, v loves board games, word puzzles, fishing. C is a huge fan of singing, hopscotch and Play-Doh. E is a kinesthetic learner, so we toss, hop, paint, zoom, cars, um, and stomp on cups. <laughs> you know so the list goes on and on. And I've actually put together a video that just kind of showcases a wide variety of activities through play um, that I know you're going to be able to link for your listeners. And um, I, you know, we know the old adage that. Uh, a picture is worth a thousand words. So I would love for people to take a look at that and just see there are so many ways to take things that are may be seemingly drab, but make them fun and engaging. And um, not only are kids learning, but they're connecting with you and their um, resistance. You know, when you see children being frustrated or um, shutting down, um, it's not because they're doing something against you. It's it's an information for us that something's not working for them. They're not understanding it, or it's not in a um, method that they're able to you know access. Some of my kids like I love to sing, but some of my kids hate singing, so we're not going to learn that way. You know, <laughs> so, you know. But in school, you kind of have to do. You have to go along with whatever. But um, in this one-on-one, -on -one, I'm able to personalize it for them. So. That's amazing. Yes. And I will link to that video down below so everyone can check it out. 
like you said, sometimes it's just the simplest things, the easiest things that you can implement as a game. And all of a sudden their engagement has gone through the roof. They want to play. They want to learn with you. And what I hope listeners are taking away from this is you don't have to be a tutor to do that. Parents at home can incorporate this play through learning so easily. And you know your child so well. You know if they're interested in dinosaurs or cars or fairy princesses, and you can bring that into the learning as well. Thank you so much for bringing that piece back. That is so important. And um, what's I going to say with that? Um, yeah. Oh, what I try to do is extremely simple. You don't have to go out and buy a lot of stuff or anything like that. We're talking Dixie cups, index cards, Play-Doh, the toys that you have at home. All of these things are really easy, quick prep, and you're off to the races. I do appreciate that about what you share, the content you share, because some Instagram feeds can feel feel very put together and they're beautiful and they have these expensive toys or they have these themed and everything's curated and that's beautiful, but that's a lot of time for the parent and could be a lot of money. And what you're sharing is just so simple to get Dixie cups or to get Play-Doh, which most of us already have on hand, but if not, it's pretty inexpensive and how that can really transform the learning. So I do appreciate that you are advocating for, I saw a reel recently for items from the Target dollar spot. So just really <laughs> simple things that you can use. Yeah, exactly. Now let's also talk besides play about mindset, because I do love this message that you share. A child is so perfect right where they are. We are going to move them along the continuum, but that there's nothing wrong with them. And we want to help them develop that growth mindset and that confidence in themselves that yes, they can do this. And we're going to help them teach them in a way that makes the most sense for them. So if you could just speak on that, I would love to hear it. Yes, absolutely. I I find that a lot of parents and come to me because there's something happening at school where their their child is starting to look around and notice like hmm, I'm not keeping up and their their spirit starts to dim and they start to kind of block out and just can't move forward with that. So by being able to um, one step back and just look at their own growth and their own progress and what they need to work on, but then even in my own practice there are times when a student hits a roadblock. And they feel frustrated and, and you can see their whole affect shut down. For me, um, prioritizing their wellness is always paramount. And so we set down whatever we're working on. And oftentimes I'll just take them outside and go for a walk and we'll look at nature and just regulate our systems again. I know that helps me too, you know. Um, so whatever it is, and I and I try to ask them, and we have conversations outside of that time, like what will help you? to feel better in those moments because they come up for us all, right? So anyway, by going out in nature and regulating, then we can re-enter and have conversation over, I know this is a challenge and yet I focus on one, their growth, look how much, how far you've come already and um, and just bringing that back to them. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, and, and you can see a smile come as they, as they recognize their growth and their ability. They didn't used to be able to do this and now they do it with ease. You're gonna be able to do this with ease too. It's just a little tricky. And the second thing is the power of yet. We just don't know it yet, but you're going to. It is possible if you want to. Um, so those are a couple of messages. And then the third one that I, that I sprinkle in throughout is I love mistakes. And so I'll say like, oh, that's my favorite mistake. Or, ooh, I'd love that you made this mistake right here. And um, and it's because that's the place of learning. And so if you're having a little issue with something, 
no big deal. That's great. I'm so glad you did that right there. I'm so glad because we're going to talk about that. And, and this shows me where I can help you. Oh, I love those so much, especially The Power of Yet. That mm -hmm. book, there's a book called The Power of Yet. It's my favorite book. I will link it down below if people are interested. It, I read it to my own kids. I read it to every class that I teach in or sub in because I think it is so powerful. And that idea that making mistakes is a good thing. I wish I would have had that message growing up. I know a lot of us did not hear that message when we were kids. And I love that the conversation is shifting. Instead of avoiding mistakes, we we want to be making mistakes because it means we're challenging ourselves. We're trying new things. We're trying hard things. And those mistakes are where we grow. And I know I try to model that for my own kids as well. When I make mistakes in my business or I make mistakes in my personal life, I'm always pointing that out to them. In fact, at dinner, when we have family dinner, we share bits about our day. And one of the things we share is one of the ways we made a mistake that day. And it can be a mistake or how you got out of your comfort zone, either one. But the goal is for them to make a mistake every day because they're trying something new. So I share mine, my husband shares his, and we really want them to see the value in those mistakes. That is so great. I have built mistake making into games too. So um I, I saw this as a common theme that kids were getting frustrated. We've got perfectionism going on. And so this one game, I said, well, this is a really neat game, except there's this one rule. If you make a mistake, you get to go one forward. And they're like, wait, one forward, not one back. It's a game board. I'm like, yeah, you get to go one forward, but you have to fix it. And then you get to pretend to make a, a mistake if you want to go one forward, because sometimes you want to go and it will lead you forward on the on the game path. And so building in mistake making, laughing at it, um, doing them intentionally, sometimes in a joking way or other times just having them catch you like, oh, did I do, you know, and, and so um, we're helping them see because a lot of times it looks like our teachers know everything and our parents know everything and they don't make mistakes. So I love that you build that into your family because we are all making mistakes. And, Absolutely. Um, we're all learning and growing. And so build, building that in is really special. I love that you do that. With yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Now switching gears a little bit, if there is a parent listening and they're feeling concerned about their child's development or they're concerned that they're not where they need to be in school, what kind of advice would you have for that parent? Hmm. There's a couple. First, I'd say trust your intuition. So if you're really concerned, then lean into that. Um, one of the things that I try to encourage parents to do, though, is to kind of step out of the institutionalized um, fear that this is a standard and you have to be there. And if you're not there at this time, you know, this word behind gets logged. Um, I know that, you know, there can be absolutely, there can be issues and we need to pursue those, but we've also had a pandemic that, um, that really pulled the carpet out from undress. Families had different experiences and each child had different experiences. And so sometimes uh, what I found was that those standards didn't move at all, even though we had this life ripped out from under us. And so sometimes it's just really, I just want you to look at your child and I want you to celebrate their growth and their progress and not be overly concerned that it's not meeting this benchmark at this time. So um, life is a lifelong process of learning. And, um, and, and so if we can kind of step out of that um, pressure cooker and stress, that's going to really help. If 
the stress is coming down from the parent to the child, that's really not going to help them grow. So it's just trying to fix that. But there are times and there are issues that come up and we can see like, oh, there's there seems to be some like roadblock here. And it could be that there's a learning disability. It could be a neurodivergence. It's really important to address that, right? And to catch things early on so they don't, um, so that, you know, they're more malleable and we're able to help give them the tools that they need. So um, if you're homeschooling, lean into that, find resources, find experts that can help you learn about those issues that can go on. Um, and if your child is in school, have that collaborative relationship with your child's teacher, check in with them, see what they're noticing, and also prioritize working with your child at home, reading with them, and um, doing that as a daily practice. I tutor most of my students once a week. It's a great practice, but if they're not practicing it throughout the week, it's 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 going to be not as strong as if it's supported at home on a daily basis. So, um, and then of course, I'm going to say implement play in that practice with your child every day. It does not have to be a grind. It does not have to be a chore. It doesn't have to be a bore. It can be absolutely fun and something that you all look forward to um, every day by, by making it into a way of play. So, um, and then, of course, I have to say, take Erin's course because <laughs> if your child is needing to learn to read because she has an amazing step-by-step -step method, such a wealth of information and um, and guidance for for those who need to learn how to teach their child to read. So um, sometimes we need that that training so that we can train our children. Oh, thank you, Amy. You're so sweet. Thanks for the shout out. But I do, I agree with you that tutoring is wonderful, but if it's just once a week and we don't have that consistent practice the other six days of the week, then that child is not going to get as much as if their parent can work with them a little bit every day through play. Like you mentioned, I would love to teach them in my course. I will definitely link that down below. And the other thing that came up for me when you were speaking was just approach this with curiosity. Why is your child struggling? What else is going on? This is, we look at kids holistically, not just academically. Are there things going on in the family or socially at school? Which part of school maybe be tricky for them? Uh, which part are they striving to do better in? There's just so many pieces. So like you said, approaching it with that curiosity and not that judgment, kind of taking yourself out of that pressure cooker, I think will really help because like you said, our stress will absolutely impact our kids. They will feel it. Even if we think we're hiding it well, yes. subconsciously, they're definitely going to feel it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, I saw another reel of yours recently, and it was about adults playing. It was a reminder, don't forget to play as an adult. And I know I'm a mom of two. I own my own business. I am very busy, and I don't always take the time for me to focus on play for myself. So seeing that reel really reminded me of that importance. So I would love for you to speak about that. Yeah, that's so great. I am lucky. I'm a private tutor that plays with kids every day. And so I get to actually just smile and laugh and enjoy my days. And shouldn't that be what life is more full of, right? So, um, but some of us are, we're stressed. We've got um, all these responsibilities and whatnot, and we can get kind of serious. And as a mother, you are, you know, in charge of so many things and putting everybody else first is very common. And so taking time to, um, to nurture your passions in ways that are play for you, that looks different for everybody. But what 
fills your cup? What makes you feel joy? I have an hour and a half singing every week, singing circle, and that is just life for me. I get to play and sing and be just uplifted. When you engage in play, you nourish yourself, and then you get to re-enter relationship with refresh. And that who doesn't need that, right? So when we keep just going and slogging out the responsibilities and feeling worn out, worn out, um, it is it impacts, it trickles down and it trickles out to our families. And so, um, but when you are renewed and refreshed and feeling joyful in yourself, that energy is infectious too. And so it's really important to do that for yourself, for your family. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And actually, my husband and I just bought tickets to a comedy show that's coming to town because this comedian that we listen to just makes me laugh and laugh. And I don't always just laugh and laugh. Like you said, there's so many responsibilities in life. And when I see my kids having that joy and they just can laugh about anything, I really try to find ways that will also make me do that. So I'm super excited for that coming up. Just as a reminder, if anyone's listening, find something that you love to do. Find something that makes you feel like a kid again, that makes you just laugh and not worry about all of the stress in life. We all have the stress, but find something you enjoy as well. And I was listening to a parent coach who was talking about doing this daily five minutes a day. Like it does not have to be a trip to the spa for a full, you know, it's, it needs to be in your every day, maybe even in your every hour where you can just take a moment to, you know, stop and smell the roses, um, take five minutes to paint or draw or read a book or whatever, like just these little things to keep nourishing yourself. And um, I love that. Yes. And I've even heard of people, instead of at the end of your day, looking at your to-do list, what did I get crossed off? What do I need to do tomorrow? When you get to the end of your day, think, how did I have fun today? How did I laugh today? What brought me the most joy today? And just kind of flipping that instead of just looking at all of our tasks, really did I have fun? Did I play? I really would like to start implementing that this year. I think it would be so helpful. So good. I did a reel on to be versus to do. We get so caught up in our to do's and, and that need to um, be productive, but mm-hmm. just to be and to enjoy and really look, you know, step back and look, what are your priorities? What do you want and more of? Get it. <laughs> yes. What we focus on, what we measure. That's what matters. That's what we get more of. So if we're focusing on that joy, we will get more of that. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Now I've mentioned your Instagram a few times. It's at Spark Joy with Amy. So I would love to know what inspired you to take your business, this tutoring that's filled with play to kind of bring these ideas online. Yeah, my, I love my tutoring practice. I love seeing what I see in my students and how they shine, their confidence grows, their curiosity grows. And um, having worked in school systems, I've seen um, firsthand that sometimes that's not present for kids. So I just want to encourage more and more kids to be able to engage in learning in a fun way. And um, I know that it can be stressful, the parent-child relationship, the homeschool is, you can enter in with such great intentions and looking forward to connecting with your child and have you've researched all of this curriculum and you found the one that you think works for you and you've set it up and you've arranged it and you've got your schedules and then it 
and then there's tension. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, so um, it's really this method is so important to the engagement for our children. Um, so I just want more and more kids to be able to enjoy learning because it's not just school. It's not just a thing we do for a set amount of years. It's a lifetime. And my hope is that more and more kids get to enjoy learning. And if I can help impact others who educate children and bring this to another child, even just one, I mean, seeing the sparkle in somebody's eye, it's all worth it. Yes. Well, it's a wonderful Instagram account. I hope everyone goes to check it out. I will link it down below so that everyone can see what you're sharing just as a daily reminder to play and enjoy that learning with our kids. I love that. So as we wrap up, what is the biggest takeaway that you hope listeners will get from this episode? My hope is that um, both personally and in educating children that everyone will um, prioritize play. And by doing so, we'll find ways to learn more about themselves and the world around them and enjoy the process of learning. That is such a great message. Such a great takeaway from this episode. And I have one more question for you. Since this is the Littles Love Learning Podcast, I would love to know what you love most about working with Littles. Aren't they just the best? (laughs) They are. They are. Um, I work with, you know, from five to 12 year olds. I even stayed with one student when he, from second grade to 10th grade and um, just started working with a college student. So what I love about working with younger people is um, their own imagination, their ability to just be game for anything that's fun. So everything that I put out that I'm throwing down, they're picking up and, um, and then taking it in their own creative uh, design too. So it's, it's really a reciprocity of learning. I'm learning with them. I'm sharing with them, but they're sharing right back with me and um, their unfiltered joy. I just really appreciate seeing uh, smiling faces come to me each day. And even when they get frustrated, being, you know, really persevering and um, working through to get to the other side. And um, I just, yeah, I really appreciate all of those factors of working with young children. Yes, we definitely learn as much from them, if not more from Mm -hmm. them than they learn from us. I totally agree. Well, this conversation has been lovely. You are always such a positive light. I love when you come across my Instagram feed and I love our chats. Can you please tell everyone where they can connect with you online? Well, thanks again so much for this opportunity to share and be in conversation with you. You are an inspiration to me and I know to everybody who is here in your community um, and may more find you. Um, I would like to connect with others. If you are um, looking for ideas for games to play, if you're looking for support on your weary day, um, if you want light and love to come your way, this is what I'm here for. So you can find me on Instagram and at uh, Spark Joy with Amy that you already referenced. My website is uh, www.sparkjoywithamy.com. And um, I offer, I have my own private practice here in person, but online I'm offering um, consultation to homeschool moms to help gamify their curriculum. And um, coming this year, I'll be offering a 
a course as well on different games that um, can be used for a wide variety of objectives in your teaching. So I'm looking forward to bringing that forth um, this year. So much good stuff coming this year. I am so excited for all of that. I will link all of those down below so that people can connect with you and they can get in touch. Well, thank you, Amy. Thanks so much. Thank you, Erin. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. For more information on helping your child learn to read, head over to my website, littleslovelearning.com. While you're there, don't forget to join my email list so you stay up to date with all things early literacy. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little's Love Learning Blog. Happy learning!